All right, everyone, welcome to your pregame Steelers podcast here on the DK Sports Radio Network. I'm Chris Carter with Dale Lolly, getting you ready for Sunday's action. The Pittsburgh Steelers are heading to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns in what is a must-win game for the Browns. They lose. There's a really good chance they're out of the playoffs. No, they um, lose. They're done. <laughs> I mean that that's it's pretty simple. Yeah, because the all the, the four other teams they got to worry about. They're not in exactly. Uh, they're not playing exactly some bad teams. You know, except the Dolphins. The Dolphins are playing the Bills, but still the Dolphins have the tiebreaker over the Browns. So if the Browns lost, it wouldn't matter. Um, point being, Dale, this game obviously means a lot more to the Browns, or was at least more important to the Browns than the Steelers are. Yet. The steel and the, and the Steelers are they're benching a lot of players. They're benching Ben. They're benching Pouncey. Um, who are the other players that the Steelers are pushing out of this game? I know Boswell's officially listed out, and, and uh, he it'll might be, be Watt and Hayward will be the only other healthy scratches. Okay, so gotcha. uh, we'll see if how long some of these other guys are in there. Um, you know, I would expect that uh, you know the, the Steelers are going to be very cautious with guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Stephon Tuitt, mm. Joe Hayden, guys of that nature. But they're going to play to win. Um, you know, they, they, yes, you're not, you're not playing with some of these guys, but you're still going to go out there and try to win this football game and all the pressures on Cleveland there. You've, you've covered the Steelers for a long time. You've seen a lot of embarrassing losses from the Browns at the hands of the Steelers. Where would this rank? If this, if the Steelers with Mason Rudolph, after all the things that happened last year, where would this rank of Mason Rudolph and the junior squad, the JV squad of the Steelers, came in and beat the Browns in their own stadium and knocked them out of the playoffs? Well, I don't know that it's a JV squad per se. I mean, they're still going to be running a lot of guys out there. That's been a misperception. I, I couldn't believe when this when this uh, line for this game went up to 10 points. It's mm. not like the Steelers are are, are are sitting their entire starting lineups on both sides of the, of the ball. I, I just think that, yeah, they're, they're not playing with, with – uh, they have Mason Rudolph playing instead of Ben Roethlisberger, and, you know, it'll be J.C. Hassenhauer instead of uh, Marquise Pouncey, some other guys there. But if just those guys were missing, uh, would this line have been 10 points? I don't think so. The Browns aren't that – I mean, the Browns just lost to the Jets last week. Let's not uh-huh. pretend, let's not pretend uh-huh. that this is a, a Super Bowl team. Uh, to, to For them to be favored by 10 points to me was just astounding. So – uh, it would be a pretty embarrassing loss for the Browns if they lose this one. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know that that's you know completely outside the the realm of possibilities here. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like we're we're not used to seeing the Browns lose to backup quarterbacks with the Steelers. I mean, Landry Jones took them to overtime and beat him when and to send him to zero and sixteen a few years ago. Uh, you know, there was the game where Landry Jones started and they knocked him out of the game to bring in Ben Roethlisberger. They lost to Sam Darnold last week for they God's lost sakes. To Sam Darnold and the hapless Jets, who are on a winning streak. Ugh. But it's it's crazy to me that. This is the Browns team every year, every year. And you and I talk about this in the preseason every year. Everyone's hyping them up, saying the Browns, what they're going to do here, what they're going to do there, that this is their year and they got a new coach and something's going to be different. And then it still ends up being the same. If they want to break that perception, if they want to show the world that they actually are different, they have to win this game. I just, I have this feeling that this is going to be the oddest game that we watch. And there's going to be so many crazy, stupid plays that the Browns fans are going to be like, how is this happening? And you're going to be looking at the Steelers having a chance to win this one late. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't know that I'm picking the Steelers to win this game, but 
but certainly, I mean, the Browns should be highly motivated. Um, but again, I think that I think the pressure in this situation is clearly on them, and and I don't know that that's something that they're accustomed to. Uh, you know, th- this is like a playoff uh, game for uh, in in many ways. They have to win to get in, and you know they were in that same situation last week and, and didn't. Uh, again, I don't care who they were missing. Uh, they were playing the Jets, and you know you should be able to to to, to beat that football team. Uh, they didn't run the ball well in that game. Uh, you know, Mayfield uh, turned the ball over. I think he lost three fumbles in the three game. Fumbles. That three. has nothing to do with whether he had his receivers or not. Mm-hmm. He fumbled three times. Agreed. So to me, I, I look at this and say, you know, can can the Steelers win this game? Sure. If Mayfield comes out and plays like that, they'll absolutely have a chance to win this game because I, I expect to see, uh, I expect to see Mason Rudolph come out and play pretty well in this one. It would be very interesting to see Mason Rudolph come out and, and light it up just a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, four or five touchdowns, but if he comes out and just moves the ball and is completing passes down the field and then the Browns are like, what's happening? I, that, that's the thing that I think could really set them back. And you can see them struggle against the Steelers defense, even without TJ Watt, even if they even without Cam Hayward, and if they eventually bench to it and Fitzpatrick um, and Terrell Edmonds not playing like, you know, there's so many things about that. But I could still see, like you said, last week, they all they need to do is run the ball in the Jets. You run the ball. You don't, you're not worried about Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry. And, and play a, uh, just a modicum of defense. And they're unable to do that. Right. It's a, it's a, this is a really bad defense. And that was before. They lost both of their starting safeties, and Denzel Ward uh, all went on the uh, on the COVID list this week. Um, that's why I think Mason Rudolph will have some success throwing the football in this game. Their secondary was not good to begin with, and they're missing they're missing their best player. Yeah, and that Denzel Ward being out and put on the COVID list, that's alarming. And like you pointed out when it happened, that also might mean he's probably going to be out for their first round of the playoffs if they even win this game and make it to the playoffs. Um that's alarming for their secondary. He was he's the playmaker guy that's supposed to be ha- making things happen back there. Um, you know, again, that's something that adds up for Mason Rudolph and allows him to, might allow him to get to move forward a bit. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk more about Mason Rudolph because there's the obvious storyline that everyone's focusing on this weekend. The Browns did something on Friday to further it. We'll talk about that right after this. Here on the Steelers pregame podcast here on the DK Sports Radio Network, I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Dale, Friday, Kevin Stefanski made an announcement that Miles Garrett is going to be the captain for this game. And this, of course, last year, Mason Rudolph in Cleveland has doesn't have his best game. Those four interceptions, gets sacked a whole bunch, and Miles Garrett hits him over the head with his helmet and all the things that come after that. Miles Garrett accusing him of, of using a racist term, no evidence ever coming to, to, to show that he did, and then never apologizing for saying, doubling down on his accusation. And all of that has come to this moment where Mason Rudolph gets to start against the Browns, and now the Browns are saying, much like how they 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 started stuff last year with the Pittsburgh started at shirts and everything else, it seems like the Browns are still making the bringing this situation back up when they need to be pushing it away. You would think, and I, I think the Steelers have handled it pretty well this week. Uh, you know, Mike Tallman hasn't wanted to talk about it. He said that look that's behind us. Uh, Mason Rudolph said, you know, it's much the same. And I know this. You know, some people out there would say, well, but that's of course they would say that they were in the wrong. 
look, both teams were in the wrong for what happened to that situation. Um, that 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 brawl should never have happened. Right. Uh, but what Miles Garrett did after that, by by claiming uh, that that you know Mason Rudolph had said, uh, you know, called him a, or used a racial epitaph. Um, I've, I've investigated this over and over again. I've talked to players, uh, both on and off the record. Um, his and, own team didn't know that he said that, like right. when he went, when he took that to the NFL, his team said, I never heard that. Chris, and, I mean, I, I'm just going to be frank here. You're a black man. Yeah. If somebody said something like that I'm to you, calling in that situation, the sheriff, <laughs> I'm calling the president, I'm calling everybody. I, I know and you're not you waiting know. a week to do it. No, I'm not exactly. And as soon as, and again, it's a football game, and all that stuff happened. As soon as they get in the locker room, and again, he's Miles Garrett. He's not Sendejo. And he's he spoke not, to the media after that game. Right, right. And, and and again, he's Miles Garrett. He's the superstar of the team. They would all listen if he if he sat him down and said, "Guys, I apologize for putting you on in this situation, but, but here's what happened to me." Yeah. If he and. That makes all the sense in the world, and that's what happened. As soon as I was, I was saying, even if, and I, I get, I'm, I'm, I was walking on a tight wire to say this. When, when this, all this was going down, I said, even if it did actually happen, what the heck were you thinking? Not bringing it up, like, like, say in a, in a magical world, Mason Rove actually said something, right? You, even if, if, if he did, you handled this the completely wrong way. You didn't do anything right that you were supposed to do, and that's my point. Is that. None of this has been done right. The Browns didn't haven't handled it right since. And now it's like, you know, while Mason Ruff saying, hey, you know what? I'm not talking to him. I'm just doing my thing. I'm not looking for anything. We're just here to play football. And why should he? Right, he, right exactly. If, if I didn't say if, if 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 you said something like that about me yeah. and I knew I didn't say it. Yeah. Why should I have to come talk to you about it? And again, he got hit on the head. <laughs> and he got it. He was the one who was assaulted. Right. So <laughs> I just think the, the whole thing's ludicrous. Uh, the fact that, that this continues to come up, the fact that, for example, ESPN gave gave Garrett a, 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 an opportunity to talk about this in the offseason with Mina Kimes. Weird. He doubled down on it, and she never questioned him with any of those questions. She yeah. soft-shooted. Uh, I mean, come on. And then, uh, and on top of the fact that at that at that point it was well after the NFL went through the audio. Now they never released the audio, but they they, they said we found no evidence that this was said. And this is a this is a field where there's cameras and microphones all over the place on Thursday night football between two AFC North teams, and they knew this would be a big game, and nothing picked it up. And again. Why wasn't Miles Garrett asked that question? And, and again, Dale, we're rehashing things that are from last year. But absolutely, I, right now, the Browns have shown they're they're not over it. Kareem, it's Hunt, a very it's a very Cincinnati Bengals thing to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to handle your business on the field, so you try to do this stuff off the field to try to to try to prop yourselves up. These are things that the Steelers and the Ravens don't have to do. And that's why the Steelers and the Ravens own these teams over and over and over again. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, and see, that's again, that's why I'm not so sure the Browns win this game because you got everything lined up for you. The stars are aligned. They are benching their quarterback. They're benching their, their, def- their, their MVP who could be the defensive MVP of the NFL. They're, they're benching all these guys and you're worried about all these other stupid things that don't matter right now. You have to go out there and win a football game. These are the things that, like you're saying, these, these are not what good teams do. 
The Ravens have already swept the Browns. If the Steelers win this game with, with Mason Rudolph knocking them out of the playoffs and sweeping them this season after all the hubbub and stuff that they had this year about they were for real, to me, it would just further prove they are still the Browns and confirm why I've always said they. I'm not picking them to do anything in a season until they show me that they're not that same organization. I agree. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, final thoughts and predictions on this game from both of us. Right after this. on the Steelers pregame podcast here on the DK Sports Radio Network. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Dale, we got to actually look at this game and give, give some talk about the matchups and who's actually going to be out there. I know that's still somewhat of a mystery because the Browns might get some people back and all this other stuff, and the Steelers might pull some guys. But let's talk about on both for both teams, where are some advantages you see the Steelers being able to take in, in this game and maybe some advantages you see the Browns being able to take in this game? Well, I think the Steelers, as crazy as this sounds, and, and I know people look at that and go, you're nuts. Uh, the Steelers have an advantage when they're throwing the football. Um, you know, I, we mentioned that Denzel Ward is not going to play this game. Both of their starting safeties are out of this game. Now, they will get Harrison back. Uh, um, he, he's coming back off of IR. Uh, but this is just not a good secondary to begin with. And now they're going to be missing their best player. Uh, both of their nickel linebackers are out of this game. They're both on the COVID list. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the Steelers are definitely going to have an advantage on the second level. Uh, that's why I think Mason Rudolph is going to have some success throwing the football in this game. Um, you know, the Browns run the football. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you look at, at what they're going to try to do, they're going to try to, to limit Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, his passing as much as they can. They try to win and hide the quarterback is, is really what it's all about um, because they don't want him throwing the football a bunch of times because he will turn the football over. That's that's who he is. That's what he does. And so, you know, I, I think pick right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if, if the if the if the Steelers can somehow uh, limit Cleveland's running game and that's what the Jets did last week, uh, they had no respect whatsoever for for the for the Browns passing game and, and shut down that running game. Um, and if you look at the last two weeks, uh, you know, the Browns barely got to 100 yards two weeks ago against the Giants. Uh, I think they had 40 uh, some rushing yards last week against the Jets. Um, now they're getting some guys back on that offensive line. Potentially, we'll see if Wyatt Teller is able to play. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, you have to look at this and say, hey, when the Browns have the football, uh, if they can run it, they're going to win this football game. If the Steelers uh, shut that down, it's going to be tough sledding for the for for Cleveland. Yeah, I I agree with that entirely. They got they got to get Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back in this game. They got to get them going. Um, on the flip side, Dale, the Steelers also have the, a run game that has been non-existent for most of this season. But James Conner does have a strong history of showing up against the Browns. Three of his last four games against them, he has over a hundred yards rushing. Is this a game where you think that he could maybe not put up 100 yards, but put in enough work to help keep the offense a little more balanced in this game? Well, you know, I think that, that that's kind of been one of the things that's 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 been lost this season. You know, Connor's still averaging 4.3 yards a carry mm -hmm. this season. I know the Steelers haven't run the ball 
super effectively as a team. But Connor has run the ball. He's their best running back. Yep. It's not even close. They should just quit messing around with Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels and all this other stuff. And to me, um, I don't know that you need to come out and run for 100 yards or 150. I'm not going to put any total on it, but I think you do have to give, uh, you know, you have to give Mason Rudolph some bit uh, of a running game here uh, because, you, you know, you're not going to expect Rudolph to come out and, and play this like you, like you would Ben Roethlisberger and uh, call his own shots and, and, and run the offense. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, it, you know, you have to, the, the coordinators are going to have to coordinate this for him. What's going to be interesting to me is what will the, what would the, or what's the the uh, narrative going to be if the Steelers come out and score on their opening possession? <laughs> because I've said it over and over and over again, that their problems early or their problems in the first quarter of the season to me, fall squarely on the shoulders of the quarterback mm-hmm. because Roethlisberger has taken time to warm up the games. Yep. Uh, let's say Rudolph doesn't do that. Let's say Rudolph follows the script and goes right down the field and they score. Then what? <laughs> well, it's Randy Fickner's fault because when Ben's in, he calls the wrong plays, Dale. <laughs> That's what that is about. But no, I agree. I, you know, Mason Rudolph, this is a huge chance for him to reset all the things that have been said about him. You know, and the guy had the had the roughest year last year. He got knocked out in the Ravens game. He got assaulted in the Browns game. He's just he's and, and he he's had time and time again just things went wrong last season. And even when he started to heat up in that Jets game last year, then he got knocked out of that one. It was it was it was done for the season. People forget he was playing pretty well before that Browns game. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Ben Roethlisberger would have struggled in that Browns game. The way the Steelers were playing. James Conner got hurt early in the game. Mm -hmm. Juju Uh, got hurt. Johnson got hurt. Juju got hurt. Deontay Johnson got hurt. So pretty much the entire second half of that game, he was playing with Tevin Jones and Johnny Holton with Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds in the backfield. I forgot about Tevin Jones. I remembered Holton. (laughs) Any quarterback in that situation was going to struggle. Uh, You know, on the road, on a a short week, uh, that was just going to be a problem. And, and it was for him in that situation. He had a 93 passer rating in the games before that last season. He had, a, mm. he had 1,300 passing yards and 11 touchdowns with four interceptions before playing that game against the Browns. Mm-hmm. He was playing. I'm not saying he was, uh, oh, man, he was, he was you know, the automatic and, successor and, to Ben Roethlisberger. Right. But he was playing fine. And again, that's considering also that he got knocked out of the Ravens game. That stopped all of his momentum, and it took him a couple of weeks to get back from that. Like there were, there were, again, there were a lot of impediments in his way last year. And now, and, and that, that's why I'm asked, that's why I'm talking about this because Mason Rudolph has a chance right now to reset all those thoughts, all those thoughts that, you know, he can't do it. He can't, he doesn't, he doesn't belong in the NFL, whatever people, people you know, Steelers fans are Steelers fans. They, they, they were really, they were aggressive last year about that, but he comes into this game and could set a lot of things right with making just a few big plays and managing the game well and avoiding the huge mistakes. How realistic is it that you think that this, let's say, I saw the over-under on his touchdowns was one and a half. How realistic is it to say that he might throw two touchdowns in this game and keep it competitive? Oh, I think that's that's very, you know, very likely. He's got a great wide receiver group. I mean, uh, you know, this is this is a far better group than what he was working with last year, for sure. I mean, you've added Ebron to it. You've added Claypool to it. So, I, I think that's certainly uh, he's certainly capable of that again against a bad Cleveland secondary. Lamar Jackson looked like a, an NFL passer against these guys. 
I mean, he literally took a dump in their stadium and then went back out and threw a 45-yard touchdown. That was and then took, a, and took another dump on them. An, I mean, that that was hilarious. I I I just loved every minute of that one. Um, okay, Dale, we gone through some matchups. We talked about who's here. Let's 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 do it. Predictions right now. What's the final score? And what do you think are the, is the turning point of the game that leads to that final score? Oh, I don't know what the turning point's going to be. I got to see the game first, but I have the Browns winning this with 24-17. Okay, 24-17. I'm going to say the Browns, but of a weirder score. I'm going 16-13. I think Chris Boswell not being active this week is going gonna, is gonna to mess with the Steelers, and they're going to probably get their way into a field, into field goal range, and he's going to miss late to miss the opportunity to send him to overtime. But I think the Browns are going to put up a bad performance and it's going to lead a lot of dark clouds over their playoff hopes going into next week, especially with Denzel Ward probably missing that game. So there we go. That's your predictions. This was the pregame Steelers podcast here on DK Sports Radio Network. Stay tuned with us. I'll have the postgame podcast with Tom Reed right after the game here, here covering everything right for you on DKPittsburghSports.com. Dale, thanks as always. Be talking to you soon, my friend. We'll see you, Chris. Thank you.